Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. This week, we visit with Emmy Award-winning host of the Today Show, Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee is also a singer, songwriter, and author. She is working on a new book, The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi, which comes out in spring of 2018. Hi, everybody. I'm Kathy Lee Gifford. I am, um, I guess I'm an entertainer. I came out of the womb with a pratfall and uh, been doing it for 50 years now. And the Lord has blessed me extraordinarily beyond my dreams. Uh, I was married for almost 29 years to a beautiful man who gave me two even more beautiful children. Um, my son Cody is 27. My daughter Cass is soon to turn 24. I guess the story of my life so far, and I expect it shall be until the very end, is the story of God's faithfulness to me. I've come to believe, just like David, when he talked about how he was fearfully and wondrously made in his mother's womb, that everything is determined before we even get here. Before the beginning of the world, God says, I saw you. I saw you in that, that secret place. And he had designs on us. And he created us in his, in his image. And God is a creator. Therefore, we are creators. So I came out of the womb putting on shows. My sister did too, and I've been putting on a show in one way or another um, most of my life. And so I believe we are at our happiest in life when we're doing exactly what God created us to do. When we're not is when we fall into the pitfalls and when we fall into the despair and the discouragement. And I'm not saying that's not going to happen while we are actually on our path, because the Lord says we will. But but for the in terms of our purpose, I believe... He already knows it, what He has in mind for us. And he, he wants to get a hold of our hearts and our wills early in our lives just to give us a, just to give us a, big, uh, a big kick, a kickstart, you know, to get it going. So I was literally, I, I wrote, produced, directed, and starred in my first show when I was just in first grade. I was obnoxious. I was obnoxious then, I'm obnoxious now. But it, it brings me great joy to do it. I take... Um, great note of my dreams. And, and the Lord says, if you seek me first and my righteousness, everything else will be added unto you. He says, you know, make, delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, so his promises are true. And he has given me answered prayer and answered dreams far beyond what I ever thought was humanly possible for a little girl who came from such um, really humble beginnings. Um, just been places, done things, uh, met people that I never dreamed I would. In fact, I, I, took, I teased the other day, I was saying to my kids, if I, the last book I ever write in my life will be, um, if you've had a weirder life than I have, then I want to meet you before I die. <laughs> when I was uh, 17, I went to the very first Jerusalem Conference on Biblical Prophecy that was being held right in Jerusalem. I went with my mom. It was my high school graduation gift. I even, I missed my high school graduation. That's how excited I was to go to the Holy Land. I never dreamed that I would ever get to the Holy Land, much less go regularly now and study with the most incredible Bible teachers, teachers in the world and write books about it, not because not because of my knowledge, but of what they have shared with me uh, that I think is so life transforming. My daddy used to say to me, honey, I love you too much to deny you the privilege of making mistakes. And uh, I wrote in a musical I wrote later that went to Broadway, you know, God is bigger than any mistake you will ever make. 
because he is and uh and he forgives and he doesn't just forgive but he forgets and there is no condemnation in christ so i live i live in that space i didn't know that frank was the man for me at all i had already had a couple of bad ones i'd already i'd made a couple of bad decisions that doesn't mean necessarily they were bad guys they were just not the right ones for me so i wasn't expecting on one of my first days at good morning america back in 1982 early 82 to walk by a, a, a dressing room at four o'clock in the morning and look over and see the greatest set of buns I've ever seen in my entire life, putting in some contact lenses. I had no idea who the buns belonged to, but those buns would 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 get anybody's attention. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, whoever was the the, uh, the owner of those buns, I said, have I got an operation for you? Because I just had radial keratotomy on both of my eyes, which was the precursor to LASIK. That was done back in the early 80s, uh, experimentally with a razor blade on the, on the surface of your cornea when, with just a few drops of liquid cocaine on your eye. That's the only cocaine I've ever done in my life. But anyway, I said, you know, I've got an operation for you. And I could hear this voice go, yeah, with a fool on either end. Well, maybe that could be said about our relationship too for the, for the next 33 years. Yeah. He became a mentor to me, became my closest male friend at Good Morning America. He was always, you know, um, trying to help me. I, he would, things would go on in his life and he would call me and say, can we have lunch or what are you doing tonight? Or, you know, and we just, we had a four year friendship before we fell in love. I'd been dating uh, another bad guy for me, not a bad guy, but bad for me for the for two years and every time I was with Frank and we talk about it, he goes Kathy he doesn't love you he doesn't love you or he would not be treating you this way and I said no 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 he's and I'd make all kinds of excuses like so many people do and then finally we broke up after the ninth time and I remember him saying you know what you were just gonna hang out with me until you are over this guy I said okay because I needed somebody to be strong for me you know yeah we all get in these rut either uh, I don't know, addictions or rut relationships or rut dreams or all kinds of ruts in the road. And he uh, he just needed to sort of be my plow, I guess. So um, he did. He started taking me to everything and, and he'd go off and, you know, had lady friends around the country he was seeing and I wasn't dating anybody, but I was trying, you know, and then we were invited to this big, big, big party at ABC for um, a huge investor at ABC. And I, I said, well, are we going to go? Are you going to take me? You know? And he goes, oh, I can. I'm going to be out of town then. I said, okay, then I'll go with somebody tall, dark, and handsome. Bye. And um, about 20 minutes later, the phone rang again. He says, all right, I'll come back and take you. So it, it, that's when it progressed. And he was 23 years older than I was to the day. So uh, it never dream I never thought it was even a potential match made in heaven. You know, it just didn't look right on paper. Neither of us expected to fall in love the way we did. And, uh, and if it hadn't have been for our, our mutual faith in the Lord, even though I was much more of a seeker of God's truth than he was, he thought he was, he was saved, he went forward, he knew, he knew Jesus. He didn't really have much more spiritual um, curiosity. I've had nothing but spiritual curiosity since the day I was born. So we were different that way. And when I discovered that Frank had grown up uh, under very different circumstances. He had grown up in uh, abject poverty during the Depression. His father was an itinerant oil worker. 
um, and his, he knew that they had lived 29 different times while he was growing up before he was even in high school. And they knew that from a, uh, a Bible I have sitting in the other room, uh, his mother's Bible, who she chronicled, Dad's look for work. You know, and she would say things like, got to Wink, Texas today, you know, uh, June 42, and Dad can't find work, so we're moving on the next day. And it's just, it was, it's heartbreaking, but that was the reality for millions of people then. But the one thing that kept his family together was uh, their faith. They were, they were Pentecostal Christians. They were members of the Assembly of God Church. And no matter where they went all along the, the South and into California and, and all through there, they would look for the local, the local Pentecostal church. And that's what kept them as a family. And I also believe that's what kept food on their tables and a roof over their heads, as meager as it all was. God was providing for them because he had a praying mother and a praying father. We finally went on one of these, what I call rock and road um, uh, trips, um, the rock being Jesus, of course, the road being the Holy Land. And it was 2002, Frank was 82. And it absolutely changed his life. Because, you know, a lot of people go to the Holy Land, um, they, you know, dress in their nice clothes and they go up to the Mount of Olives, they get their picture taken with Kojak, the stinky camel up there. And then they, it's their Christmas card that year and they go, we went to the Holy Land, it was awesome. And I wouldn't, I'm not putting it down by any means, any trip to the Holy Land is, is impactful. But what they're missing by not going the rabbinic way is what my whole life is about now. And it changed my husband's life. Here's a man who, as I said, did not have any spiritual curiosity. They've gotten through life pretty darn well. He's in eight halls of fame. He's 82 years old. He goes and he discovers that he's had a religion his whole life, not a relationship with the living God. He came back a completely different human being. And after that, he would say to me, as he's getting older and older, he'd say, you know what, Kath? I'm not afraid of dying. I'm starting to get really curious. Starting to get really curious. And you know, he really wasn't before. It was settled, he knew he was going. But, but the curiosity came once he started to really hear the word. I'm, I'm sitting right here in a room, the very room where my husband passed away and just not, two feet from the spot. And I found him on a beautiful um, Sunday morning, it was uh, August 9th, and I remember holding him, and my son and I both had tried to revive him, and we were waiting on the, uh, um, the EMTs to come here, and I saw my husband's face when I found him, and as God is my witness, I have no reason to say this if it weren't true, I knew instantly that he saw Jesus, and Jesus took his breath away. And how could I not rejoice and be happy for him? I was, I was so happy for him. You know, he, he gets, he's, he wouldn't come back if he could. Nobody would who gets there. Because why would we? It's, it, it's perfection. It's what we, we were always, always created for in the garden was perfection. And, and just community with God walking with him, sharing life and beauty with him. Well, that's what Frank's doing since the moment, the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5, I think, says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He was instantly with Jesus and, and face to face. And I, I can't wait. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I mean, I, I, I love my children. I love my home. I love my friends. I love life. 
But isn't that the longing in our, in our souls? Even if the most blessed among us still know that something's missing. We're, and, and, and it's what we're prepared for and, and looking forward to ultimately. And I don't mean pie in the sky sitting on a cloud and, and playing a harp. I mean just life in, in its perfect form. So I know it seems bizarre, but I'm holding my husband on that very day. He hasn't been in heaven, you know, 40 minutes probably. And I'm crying tears of joy. And so was my son. And then when my daughter got home, so was she. We all knew it was a profound answer to prayer. And I just, um, I, I, it, so I went back to the show, to the Today Show one week later and talked about it and knew that there would be a lot of eyeballs on the, on the show that day. A lot of people loved Frank. They wanted to know, you know, what's going on. And I, now I don't even know how many it is now. The last time we checked about a month ago, I think it was about 70 million people saw that online. And, and I know God used uh, Frank even in his death, which is not a death. <laughs> you know, as people say to me, oh, you lost your husband. I said, oh, I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he is. Even studying since I was a child, the word of God. I feel like I got such a late start on this rabbinic way that if I were a younger person, I would go to Yeshiva University. I would do that. I would go and study, uh, you know, in a seminary somewhere. What does the Word of God really actually say? I want the truth. The truth is what sets us free. That's the path I want to be on. And I don't want to be spoon-fed faith my whole life. I want the meat of the Bible because that's where that's what grows us uh, down to the marrow and to the, and to the you know the joint and marrow the, the scripture says the word of god is living and active i sat with sarah young a couple of weeks back in nashville and we had long talks about about studying the bible in the original form the, the man that we first went with uh, is an incredible biblical studies teacher his name is ray vanderlaan he has an incredible series of, of um, videos called that the world may know Anybody can go online right now and start learning from this amazing man. What he did as a, as a Christian man, he went to Yeshiva University in New York City and became a rabbi. Now, that means he got his Orthodox rabbinical degree. They can't call you a rabbi in the Jewish faith if you're not Jewish. But he got all the knowledge that the rabbis have. And it's made his teaching so profound and so powerful because he knows what the original Hebrew means in the Old Testament. And he knows what the original Greek means in the New Testament. And interesting, of all the ancient languages, the only ones that have never changed in millennia are the Greek and the Hebrew. They're the same. How interesting that the Lord would use those two languages to have his word written in originally so that they would remain the same as he does. I think that's just so fascinating. When you go to Israel to do the rabbinic way, you never take off your hiking boots until you're ready to go to bed at night. You never do. You get up in the morning, you do the Shema, the ancient uh, Jewish prayer. Then you go up into the mountains and lunch is like two pieces of pita bread and some hummus. <laughs> and then you get down off the mountain about six o'clock at night. You just go and you study. And if anybody had ever told me that the greatest 10 days of my life initially on these trips would be a trip like that, I, I don't think I would have gone on it. It is the most exciting, thrilling, uh, you build a, a, what we call an insula with the people that you go with that is 
lasts for a lifetime. It means family. When you're in the land, studying the word um, in its original form, I cannot begin to tell people how, how life transforming that experience is. The last time I went was just this past uh, couple of months ago with the rabbi that I, that I mentioned in the book, um, The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. He is a real Jewish, he's a Messianic Jewish rabbi. And his name is Rabbi um, Jason Sobel. I share at the beginning of this book uh, what I learned from these great teachers. Uh, and it's, it seems deep to me. It seems so deep to me until then the rabbi takes over and then takes us 10 layers deeper into what the scriptures really mean. And only studying the, the true or rabbinic way teaches you what they say. It just, that's what the rabbis do. They go deeper and deeper and deeper because there's so much about uh, numerology in the Bible. The Bible is math mathematically perfect. And so, you know, why, why did Jesus turn six pot, the stone pots into the wine? There's, there's a reason for the six stone pots. I never knew that. Everything that happened on the seven days of creation, whether you believe that's one 24-hour period of seven or you believe it happened over periods of time, the word in, in, in Hebrew can be has many meanings. So, so the, what the Hebrews do, what the uh, rabbinic Jews do, is they go deeper and deeper and deeper, and they tell you what it could mean, could mean, could mean, could mean. And, um, and it's, it's so exciting that it's totally relit a new passion in me for, for, the, for the Word of God. That's the main reason that I wanted to write the book, for the people that never will be able to get to the Holy Land for whatever reason. But I also wanted to start a foundation called the Rock and Road Foundation which is going to send 50 people each time directly into Israel for a 10-day trip that will totally change their life as well. And exponentially, they come back and then take 50 people the next time they go. And I'm talking about um, uh, seminary students and pastors who for year after year after year has been teaching what they were taught. I'm supposed to be a light. I'm supposed to be a reflection of Christ to this world. And I'm going to I'm going to blow it at times and I'm going to make mistakes, but that's that's what Jesus calls us to be. A reflection, aren't we Paul talks about how as as you know, be be perfect as 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 Christ was perfect. And none of us are, but one day we will be. And we're in training for perfection. And um I, I never liked being around phony people. I like being around people who have a beautiful faith in the living God and are authentic themselves. My friend Emily, uh, who sent me first on the rabbinic trip, is also the one who sent me uh, Jesus Calling the first time. And I really hoped one day to be able to sit with Emily uh, and, and, and Sarah so that, that Emily can meet her because uh, Emily is, I'm sure, bought at least 5,000 Jesus Callings. And, and sent them. She's one of those people that every time she comes to your, your house, she's got 10 books for you. And, and I, in turn, have, have, bought, have bought at least 200, you know, Jesus Calling since. But it's not just Jesus Calling, it's Jesus Lives, Jesus Always, Jesus Today. Um, and, oh gosh, there's five. There's five I do every single morning. All five of her, hers. And I, I just pray that she lives a long, long time and keeps getting these beautiful words from God and, and keeps sharing them because she makes faith so accessible for people. It's not that she takes the mystery out of it for people. I think she takes the fear of it out. 
and she makes it so natural. Well, of course Jesus would talk to me this way. Well, of course my Heavenly Father would say this to me. And, uh, and she does it in such a profoundly scriptural way. I've never read one thing she has ever written that wasn't totally based in scripture. So I know she agonizes over that, that she would never say something adding to the Word of God or taking away from it, but just, just uh, seeking the Word from the Lord based in Scripture that she can then be a vessel to pass on to thirsty, hungry people. And no matter who I give this to, and it's, it's been atheists, it's been Sikhs, it's been Scientologists, it's been broken-hearted Catholics, it's been um, confused Baptists, it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been every part of humanity that I give this out to, and every single one of them are reading it, and they say to me, "Oh my gosh, it says what I read today was like exactly what I, I, I knew God was talking straight to me," and that's the that's the incredible gift that she has to write it in a way that speaks to everybody, no matter where we're coming from, no matter we, where we have been from, and no matter where we're going. It, uh, it's, she's gifted of God for such a time as this. She really is. We can change the world for the kingdom of God, just like our dear friend Sarah has, by following uh, her, her shepherd. I want to share with people um, what others have shared with me so it can change their lives like it changed mine. You know, when you really understand who Jesus was and what he believed in and how he treated people, which is what changed the world, totally changed the world. He loved the world so much he gave his life for it. When you come face to face with love like that, how can you not be moved? To find out more about Kathy Lee and receive updates on her book, The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi, please visit kathyleegifford.com. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.